0: Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Bruce Wayner. He is a cash flow specialist that helps people keep more of their money by discovering what money is flowing Into your control and what money is flowing out of your control. Hello, Bruce.
1: Mish, how are you today?
0: I am good. Thank
1: you for for being here. Well, I
0: love this because, okay, so I gotta tell you, I gotta tell this. So when I first met you,
1: you thought I was a jerk. So I'm
0: like, oh, that guy is such a of course I didn't think that. But what (laughs) I did think, you know, I was like, okay, he's a financial guy. Yeah. Right? So so I'm sorry, we pull you guys into the financial guy pool. Sure. But then you said well, I help people understand that they don't have to retire. Correct. What if you don't have to retire? And you? that so intrigued me, what you talked about. And I want you to talk about that. Because it, for me, it was a perception shift. Because we think of, we work, we work, we work. And one day we retire. Correct. And you're going, eh,
1: maybe not. Yeah, and, and maybe we should clarify this a, a little bit. Um, have to retire, need to retire, want to retire. Those, gotcha. are, those are kind of three different things when you really yes. think about it. So, um, have to retire. There are some people that actually have to retire. Um, people that are better served serving a, a loved one. Right. Um, they might be better served a, a charity or something like that, that they really feel a passion. So, they really feel like they have to retire. Got yeah. Somebody that needs to retire, and that is a perception in their own mind. And they, they, they think, um, well, I'm just worn out. I, they can't think of their life a different way. Gotcha. So for their own physical well-being and their mental re- well-being, they need to retire. Um, and then you have this kind of, we we get to retire. And that's the part I think I want people to start shifting their mindset. Because really, until 1935, you really didn't even have this concept of retirement. Really? Yeah, because 1935, is we were coming out of the Great Recession, and um, there was already a model in Germany, and President Roosevelt was trying to get the workforce There was 25% unemployment during the Great Depression. Okay. And so the idea was, let's get the older workers out of, re, out of the workforce so that we can get the newer worker or younger workers into the workforce.
0: So they sort of invented <laughs>
1: retirement. Correct. They did. Ah. And they said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to give people like a, the minimum amount that they would need- to exist, and and that's Social Security, right? Now, in in the meantime, what we what that has morphed into is Social Security as a retirement program, but it was never really meant as a retirement program. It was really kind of meant just for the minimum amount that people need right. to exist in times of trouble. But it's kind of morphed, and then as we do in the free market, um, we find ways to. Um, have goods and services flow between us. And so the best way to do that is to play on people's emotions. You you play with people's emotions all the time. <laughs>
0: oh, just, I'm always playing with your
1: emotions. Yeah, yeah. So like on, <laughs> when, you, when you do your Facebook ads, you're really playing on people's emotions. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not like you're malicious about it, but you're playing on people's emotions. Right. You
0: want to touch, I always say in social media, you want to touch them either on the funny bone or the heart. Correct.
1: Yeah. Either one. And so, and, and so this whole concept of retiring was, w- was not in. I mean, you were, you were, a, business, you were a business owner because there wasn't many corporations at th- that time. I mean, early eighteen hundred, there was manufacturing. Right. Uh, but, you know, there was basically small businesses and farmers. And so people just lived or worked until they died. Right. And um, that was the other thing. You know, 60, they set the retirement age at 65 and people weren't living until... Only living to about sixty-three on the average.
0: Oh, and now it's a lot longer. It's a lot longer. It's, yeah,
1: and so these companies started thinking, well, if we play on people's emotions and put money away, I tell people this all time, Mish, is that what what companies try to do? When I'm talking about, I'm talking about financial services companies, is they try to systematically get you to trickle as much money towards them. Right. So you're losing control. You read that little thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much money's flowing out of control your control. Of your How much money. money's flowing out of your control. Right. They want to do it uh, in a systematic way. They want to do it as easy as possible out of payroll deduction. Right. Then they want to accumulate it so it's out of your control. And then they want to trickle it back to you as little bit as possible. And the government has actually done some things to enable this. Uh, when they when they So, invented can these I stop you because t- sure. I'm not
0: good at this stuff? But is this like the 401k? That is that what we think well, of? Well, is that's, that? where I'm,
1: that's where I was going. Okay. To, uh, next, and I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying any financial instrument is bad. Gotcha. Right. All I'm saying is that you, as a as a consumer, as a person in the society, you need to understand what's going on with you. Right. And so, you know, uh, uh, an instant financial institution can flow money out of you or t- towards them and away from you and out of your control. Even if it's not a four hundred one k or an IRA, Got it could be you. a simple br- uh, brokerage account. Okay. So that that's that's not that big a deal. Now, when when you add the government um, actually contributing to this, now right. you're talking about the four hundred one ks, IRAs, and now they put other special rules to make sure you can't touch that money.
0: Yes, and like if you want it, it's going to cost you big.
1: Correct. In right. two thousand eleven, I tell this. I tell this all the time For my research. In two thousand eleven, according to the Federal Reserve of St. Louis, we have. One of the Federal Reserve banks here in right. St. Louis, the, the American people took um, fifty seven million dollars. I'm sorry, fifty seven billion dollars out of qualified plans, four hundred one ks, IRAs, so on and so forth, prematurely. So before fifty nine and a half, right? Resulting in five point seven billion dollars of extra taxes that were paid to the government. Wow. So the, so these qualified plans really came up, the IRA came about in 1973. and it was all about saving on your taxes. And in 1999, that was called the the traditional IRA, and in 1999 they came up with the Roth IRA. right. And the Roth IRA says, oh, we're going to let you pay the taxes now, and then it is going to grow tax-free. So I ask people all the time, don't you feel a little bit of manipulated? The government says this is the greatest thing to do is defer your taxes forever, but then in 1999 he said, "Oh no, the greatest thing to do is pay your taxes now, <laughs> and then you don't have to pay anything on the growth." Right. So this, these are the kind of things I just like to educate people, not to say which is right or wrong, but to start to figure out what is right for you.
0: Exactly, which I think is so important because, so you know, I, in fact, the, we talk about skill sets. Mm-hmm. I will tell you one of my skill sets is not understanding money management. It's just I don't have mm-hmm. it. I don't I'm terrible at it. And so that's where you come in. You like you like educate that person, on, here's what's going on with your money. here's where it's going. this is da-da-da. you're making a mistake here because that's costing you too much. what if you did this instead. This is what you do for people.
1: Correct. So we we do what we call cash flow awareness. I do not like the word budget. Budget. Budget to me is a, has a <laughs> budget to me has a negative connotation. It says to you, you have so much money, and you can only spend so much of that money. And you're an adult. I mean, if you right. want to, if you want to spend it all and then not have any at the end of the month, and not have anybody for or any money for that so called retirement, right? That's your own personal responsibility, right? You know, don't don't tell me what I can and cannot do. Um, so we would rather say. That's about what you can't have. we rather say, let's look at this cash flow awareness. Where We want you to be aware where your money's flowing, then you can make a conscious decision. Do I want it to continue to flow in that direction, or do I want to redirect it and flow it in a different direction? I like it. And what I find all the time when we do these exercises, people say to us, uh, after they write down everything that they did for the last couple months, and they say, see, look, I have $1,500 a month that's actually excess. And I say, well, that's great. Then why do you only have $500 in your savings accounts? Right. Because they're not aware where that extra money's going. Because it's
0: like, they're just living to that. They're like, well, I got that. Yeah, we can buy that. Sure. We can get that. Yeah, we can go do that. Got you. Got you. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. That's why I need to engage you in my life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, I tell people all the time, it's not what I know, but I've sat down with nearly 4,500 people over my career. And so- you you find out what happens, what's what works in one person's situation, and what doesn't work in another person's situation, and what works in that person's situation, and then doesn't work. So all you do is gather all that knowledge, and then I I take I said, well, Mish is much like this person that I've dealt with, and it works. So let's present that to her and see if that works in her life. Got yeah. Because you know circumstances change. That's the other thing I don't like about retirement. Because people put money away, put money away to get to this magical number. Right. And, and then they don't get to that. Ma- they, don't, they die or a parent becomes ill uh, yeah. or a child becomes ill or they get a great business opportunity and they don't have money available to take advantage of the great business opportunity. And that's where giving up control of your money to this so-called retirement program is is something that people should consider before they even start doing it.
0: Love it. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Bruce. And we are back with Bruce and we, okay, in the break, we were talking about insurance because I was like, "Ooh, insurance. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, Mish, let's <laughs> reframe, let's change your perspective. So I'm ready.
1: Well, it's great. And and we we, we can talk all about insurance in nine minutes. So this all right. is awesome. I'm ready. Um, first of all, insur- uh, forms of insurance have been around for millennium. Uh, people don't realize it, but even in places where first organized societies came about, when somebody would get injured you know and and uh, could not contrib- contribute to society other people then would pool their resources and allow that person to then have food have clothing have this that's just a form of insurance
0: gotcha okay
1: and then as we got into the 1700s there were different co-ops that would do the same thing they would they would they would put a little bit of their money together in these small villages and then, if somebody did lose, you know, the the husband or a father, they would then have money to then help those people continue to buy buy goods and services. Okay. So insurance has been around for a long time. It's it's kind of like I I think you and I believe in kind of homo, homeopathic medicine and so right. on and so forth. And I always tell people if the Chinese have been doing this kind of stuff for three thousand years. There's a reason it it's been around for three thousand right. years. It yeah. works. Right. So if insurance has been around for all this. Millennia too, then you probably ought to look into it. Insurance isn't just about getting money or saving money; it's about giving you peace of mind. Got yeah. So when you have peace of mind, you actually can free yourself up to be more productive in society. Okay. And that is something that um, I saw, and I've seen in my own personal life. I've, I've been rearing it with twice now with people that didn't have insurance. Both times they were absolute basket cases when they got outside the car. You, <sighs> you could see the stress in their lives. Yes, they right. knew immediately that they were going to be financially just, you know, in debt for a long time. And they were just, I mean, they were crying. These were oh. grown men crying. Oh. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but my wife and I, we lost our house in 2014 completely to a fire.
0: Oh, no, I did not yeah. know this. Yeah,
1: and so I have firsthand knowledge of how... Uh, property insurance works right and luckily in my opinion is I never worried about it even after the fire we were devastated but we were never financially hurt because my broker and I would we sit down every year and we just and we say okay now what kind of coverage do we want to have and we and it's just like anything in life whether it's that coffee cup or those glasses you want the maximum you can get right for the best deal that you can get right now then you go to like life insurance. And now, life insurance, people have a negative connotation, I believe, for two reasons. We don't want to face our own mortality. Right. And the other thing is, once again, the financial services industry has this pull between insurance and securities or investments. Gotcha. So the securities people say, well, don't do insurance because you don't save your money in insurance because we want more of your money. I mean, they don't don't come out and say that. Right, right, right. And insurance people say, well, it doesn't make any difference... What you're doing with your money over here, you need to have some over here. So you need to take some of it over here and, and come over here. And that's because they both of them don't understand each other. Okay. So when you invest, whether it's in your business, yourself, in a securities, a stock, bond, mutual fund, so on and so forth, business, there is some risk there. Right. When you are place money into an insurance product... We like to we like to say it's you're not investing in it. You're actually saving in it.
0: Okay. Because they
1: have they have guarantees built into insurance products. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people say, Well, don't put don't put money into permanent insurance because that's not a good place to invest your money. And I agree with that hundred percent because it's not an investment. Right. Now, if somebody says put it in there rather than put it into the bank, I say that's great. Because the bank returns about 0.15% and insurance products at the minimum will return about 2%. And over the lifetime, it will grow up to about 5%. And oh, by the way, it's tax-free growth too.
0: Oh, God. And then it does yeah. have a
1: death benefit that you can actually feel better, whether it's your business partner, because you have investments into your business and, and, and they call that buy-sell agreements
0: mm-hmm. or
1: key person Insurance because people because people around here there's some key people at this studio right here right Um, you can actually use that to offset the loss you might feel with your business got yeah until you find another person to fill that role right Um, and then finally uh, death benefits are not only used to just keep a family going but they can also be used for estate planning because if the, if the um, estate gets large enough, you're going to have additional taxes.
0: Right, gotcha. So
1: well, insurance isn't just about the death benefit. It's actually what we, we think is one of the greatest financial tools for everything outside your investment life. Okay. People just, they don't want to think about it because I really believe they have this negative connotation about death.
0: Well, that, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You, nobody's like thinking about, oh, I might mm-hmm. die. You know, you don't want to think about it.
1: Mo- yeah, most people don't want to think about it.
0: But I got ya. But I as get you. But
1: As you and I, I mean, you and I are about the same age. Um, as we get older, we we oh, find it's... I,
0: we haven't even hit middle age yet. Yeah. We're going to live really I didn't long. Say we were,
1: I didn't say we hit <laughs> middle age. I just said we, we've gotten older.
0: <laughs> yes, that does happen over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is awesome. Okay, so one of the, I wanted to touch upon um, one of the things that you had shared with me with retirement was... You you can rethink retirement in the sense that rather than retiring, you can really just retire the parts of your world Mm -hmm. you don't want to do anymore. So like whatever your job is, whether it be I own my business or I work for blah, blah, blah company, um, rather than retiring and being like, say goodbye to that world, it's, well, I'm going to keep one foot in that world because there's parts of this I really love and that feed me and makes me feel purposeful and I don't want to stop doing that. And then there's other parts I'm like... I could that could go away. Yeah, you know. So talk. This is one of my
1: yeah. This is the thing that I really like talking about the most, because people have this idea. Once again, it's been perpetuated by our government and by corporations. And matter of fact, I just saw another article just the other day where it said, you know, for everybody that works past age sixty five in the corporation, it costs them X amount of dollars because they could be replacing them with a, a younger person, right, exactly. but that is looking at it from a pure number standpoint. Right. If they look at the intellectual property and the intellectual ability that goes walking out, an experience that goes walking out the door, right. it's hard to put a number on that.
0: Yeah. So
1: a lot of people say, well, my company will never allow me to do that. They would never allow me just to work 10 hours a week, and work on, you know, d- developing the budget or work on sales training with these particular salesmen for just 10. They, they they immediately say my company would never allow that. Right. Now, are there companies that would never allow it? Of yes. Of course. Of course there is. But we're not going to generalize things just like we don't generalize everything. And, and I do believe if you have somebody that mediates and sits down and you can show a person, why do you want to do this? You know, why do you want these people to walk out the door? Right that they would actually keep them. Now, if you own a business like yourself and, m- and myself, then obviously there's things that you want to do to grow the business, but then at certain points, if the business is generating cash, you could start turning over parts of that business that you do not want to continue to work Right, with. right. And I see that with some of the people that I work, they, they do this very successfully, and then they play golf with me, Or we go to a Cardinal game or we go do different things and people, and they, I haven't gotten through them because if they say things like, oh, I don't want my workers to know that I'm playing golf right now. And I say, well, then you haven't really set up the mentality for the business properly. yeah. Because what you have to help every one of them understand is that you're still building the business because you're still building relationships. Exactly. And so that is the part that if you can grow your business to a point where you can delegate, and I'm not saying it's easy.
0: But, oh,
1: no. But it's a very difficult. But it's,
0: it, it's doable. It's very
1: doable. People do it all the time. Yeah, exactly. People do it all the time.
0: I think that's all part of your growing your business. You know, like what I'm doing right now, you know, with so my key person is Jill, mm-hmm. right? So Jill keeps doing, taking on more and more of the operations side of things so that I can get out of that, which is not my skill set. It's a total Jill thing, not a Mish thing. Mm-hmm. And then I can go do the more, you know, concentrate more on the sales, growing the business. What other services are we going to bring in? Who are we going to create another, you know, creating the strategic partnerships with people and that will help grow the business.
1: Yeah. And the, and the one way I just simplify this, I say there's there's a difference between business owners and entrepreneurs, even though I use it interchangeably all the time. A bit, the true definition for me for a business owner is someone is who's simply bought themselves a job, right? and they're oftentimes the lowest paying person at their job. Right. An entrepreneur is constantly looking for new services that they can add, yeah. new values, new efficiencies that they can add, because if they can add those new services and efficiencies, they can grow their business and spread out and add value to millions of people. I
0: love it. Okay, officially, I'm an entrepreneur. That was I, Bruce I, just said I've it. I always
1: said, I, I always thought that.
0: <laughs> We're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with Bruce. you're Back with Bruce. It's question time. Okay. So, you are a fellow podcaster. What's the name of your podcast?
1: The Money Advantage. Um, well, The Money Advantage. Gotcha. I was going to say my website.com.
0: <laughs> or, or TheMoneyAdvantage.com. .com, yeah. That's where we can find you. Cool, cool, cool. Is there a guest? And I mean, this, you know, and don't feel like you have to pick. I mean, I know there's no way. If somebody said pick your favorite guest, they'd be like, no way. Mm-hmm. There's been too many guests. But is there a guest that just like really impacted you somehow that, that, that said something or did something that you to this day, it's like become a part of what you do.
1: That's a great question because the, the Paul Moore, we just had Paul Moore on just last Wednesday and he, we felt like my podcast co-host, Rachel Marshall, we felt like it was the best podcast we had, we had had. Okay. And, but it wasn't really anything he did. It was more of his attitude and his spirit. And I, well, maybe I can't put a finger to it. All right? Because he he has a podcast called How to Lose Money. Ah. And his thing about it was to be honest with people. So, you know, in the in the in the Facebook world, right. people often aren't honest right. so everybody sees only the glorious things about the family right and you you don't see the ugly things about the family
0: but do we want to see the ugly <laughs> things that's my that's my thing I say do we want to maybe we don't want to
1: <laughs> well his his but well, maybe we don't want to but his thing is if you want to be successful in business to see these people that are successful and to listen to the things that didn't make them successful oh yeah and how they lost money right is the thing that sets them apart there's no um there's no no failure, only feedback. Right. And so he he took it to the nth degree and said we're just going to have people on and talk about how they failed.
0: I love it. Yeah. But that's how you learn. If Correct. you don't fail, I mean that 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 paralyzes some people, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like I'm afraid to do this because if I do it and I fail that's going to look bad. I'm like, yeah, but you learn something. So you just got to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a painful thing and be like well that didn't work don't do that again or I learned this from it and off you go right you know
1: so he's one of them now let I me love throw it a how to, to lose two, money that's awesome two more Ted Benna who's actually the father of the 401k okay and um, I don't know if we necessarily agree with it but we had him on and uh, he was wonderful and then Bob Berg the one of the co-authors of The Goal giver uh,
0: yeah Ah, yeah, yeah, you had, talked we, about him. Yeah, we
1: had him on also, and all three of those guys were very, very, very enjoyable.
0: Awesome, so we have to listen to your podcast. Okay, you were a teacher. Yes. So you went from being a teacher to an entrepreneur, and what, what yeah, was I would that say journey? I went, from,
1: I went from an entrepreneur to a teacher to entrepreneur during my education. <laughs> To back to entrepreneurship,
0: got you. So you kind of came full circle, yeah, but what? I mean, tell me about that journey. Oh,
1: the journey the journey. we don't have enough time to talk about the whole thing, so I'll give you the reader's digest All right, version. I'm ready, okay. so i I, I grew up in St. Genevieve, just a little you know, French settlement west of the Mississippi, right down the river from St. Louis. And um my My freshman year, one of my high school buddies that I was actually working with at the Chevrolet car, I was working since I was 12 years old at the Chevrolet car car dealership, and he said, hey, your father, your grandfather owns this land. Can we go trapping on it now? See, PETA wasn't around that much at that time, so if I offend anybody, I, I apologize. But we trapped like raccoons, muskrats, all these different things. And back in the '70s, because you remember, Mish, you know, people were in fur coats all the time. Yeah, we could get like seventy-five dollars in the '70s for one raccoon. I mean, it was like really big time, yeah. So, and um, so then I went from there. Um, I went to Truman State University, uh, played football. I got a biology degree. I thought I would stay in the college coaching, but I I saw the, even at a division two level, I saw it wasn't very much fun. So then I went into education for 15 years. At that time, I was approached by somebody to actually sell insurance during a two-year period. I did that, but it wasn't for me at that time. So I stopped doing that. On March 17th, uh, St. Patty's Day, of 2001, I got a phone call from a headhunter in Rancho Santa Fe, California, which is in San Diego. Right. And they said, you've been identified as somebody. We want to start a school, a private school here in Rancho Santa Fe. So they flew me and four other candidates from wow. across the nation in, and they offered me the job. Uh, within four hours of actually showing up on site after we, my wife and I took it, I realized I made a huge mistake.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: So I, I actually tried to make it work out, and I stayed for one year. And then uh, w- my wife had a great job at the UPS store. She she I always brag on her. Sherry. Sherry. Mm-hmm. I was bragging on her because she's the person that actually d- developed the UPS store brand. Right. Um, well,
0: she's brilliant.
1: Yeah, she is brilliant. <laughs> and then I tried to find some other jobs in, in that area, and, and the education kind of soured me. It actually sired me a little bit back in St. Louis. but And so I, I decided I was going to buy an Amco Transmission franchise because my father had a Shell service station. Okay. So I kind of knew that business. Did that for a while. My mother-in-law died. We decided to come back to St. Louis to be closer to my father-in-law. Okay. And then when I did, I actually ran into one of the guys that originally in the 80s had tried to convince me to be on his insurance team and said, now we're not even doing that kind of stuff anymore. We're, we're taking an integrated resource network of financial services, so we don't just focus on insurance, investments. We inf- we, we focus on everything, because that's right. really what people are missing. Because you have an investment guy sa- tells you one thing, and then you have an insurance guy tells you another thing, then you have a mortgage right. guy tells you another thing, then you have a confusion tax guy, city. and it's it Confusion City. Yeah. So we've set up a whole network of people that play nicely, and then I just quarterback it, and say, okay, this is what we need. Who wants this? Who's going to do this? And I make sure nothing falls through the cracks. Yeah, yeah. So that's where, and I I, ha, I can't announce it, but I, I actually am working on another little uh, Ooh, possible business Remains
0: to be seen.
1: I, I, own rental, I own rental property. Okay. Um, I believe that you don't need to amass a pile of money to live off of. You need to amass businesses that... Flow cash to live off.
0: Gotcha. Of. Which is that's I find brilliant. Yeah, I find brilliance in that. That's what that's what makes people I think that could make them feel better about their lives because so many people don't have the retirement savings they thought they were going to have. All kinds of wacky things have happened financially to people, and and knowing that there's a solution, and you're the guy that can teach them. Well, I, I mean, like it.
1: this is a this is this is a mindset. Let's say you do by somehow you manage to figure out how to amass a million dollars. And then you put it with somebody, and they figure out somehow to give you five percent of that back for the rest of your life. Right. So that's fifty thousand dollars. What if you took? What if you took two hundred or three hundred thousand of that, and built a business that could kick you off fifty thousand? You wouldn't need a million dollars to buy a business or right. develop a business. You made me two or three hundred, so it takes the pressure off of you. Yeah. But then people are like, well, I can never do a business. Well, how do you know you can never do a business?
0: And you can get people to
1: help you. You can have people to help you. Right? We know them. We know a lot of those people. (laughs) Yes, we do. do. So
0: I have this one last question for you. This might be a hard one. But what is your legacy going
1: to be? You know, that's... If you... Now, we both know Art Zarnick. Yes. Um, I actually um, follow the Kobe A. um, And Kobe is is a way to look at your personality if you didn't have any restrictions on you. Okay. So it's, it's Kathy Kobe believes it's what you have innately in in inside of you. Like I've I've seen some of the disc profiles that have wildly s- flowed from one direction to the other. Right. Um the Kobe A um the she she says she has proof and I believe her that it doesn't I'm what's called a mediator. Only 5% of the people that have taken the COBIA are mediators. Okay. And mediators basically mean I'm a chameleon or I can work with a whole lot of different people. Gotcha. So um when you're that kind of person, I don't know if it's possible to leave a legacy. Okay. So uh, because you're not going to actually make that one huge impact, but I think the legacy I would be is to, is to leave an Impact on as many people in a small way as possible.
0: I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that I, is an I, awesome thought. Yeah. So you're just like changing perspectives all over the place. Well, thank you for that.
1: Tempting to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are for me. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> well, thank you, Bruce Sagan. So where can we find you?
1: Uh, I'm at the. Well, you can we can listen to me at the moneyadvantage.com um, I'm a uh, I work with E3 Consultants Group in Sunset Hills, so you know you can you can email me at b w e h n e r at e three the number three wealth.com. or you can get a hold of Mish and she can call me or text I me. I can
0: tell whatever. you where to find him. Yeah. I, I hang out with Bruce a lot. We go yeah. to lunch a lot. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Bruce. You're I totally welcome. appreciate You're
1: it. Anytime, anytime you need anything, I'm here.
0: Everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Subscribe and have a good one.